BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home. But just time means you're going to acquire smells. Whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Can you feel it in the air? 
It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday here, and the Oracle is some kind of fired up today. That's right, Chris. I just referred to myself in the third person using one of the nicknames I gave myself in your stupid face. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can call live. You can leave a voicemail. You can send an email. When I say all over the map, this one may redefine it. I'm going to give you my real take on masks and masking. I don't think I've ever laid this out, and it's not going to be one you're expecting. But I'm going to give you my real take on it. Somebody wants to know whether I'd have rather been in Ernest Shackleton's freezing Antarctic party or the Donner party that was having steak for dinner. Somebody wants to know how I prepare for a big meal like Thanksgiving. And actually, I do have a specific way I prepare for a big meal. Again, unorthodox. What do you mean, really? Chris, did you not think that I was going to plan ahead for a big meal? I plan my meals out throughout the day. To to this day, it drives my wife crazy. We'll be sitting down eating breakfast on a Saturday. And I'll say, so what do you want to do for dinner tonight? And she'll just look at me dumbfounded like, We're not even done eating breakfast. I like to know. Listen, you can't put a price on anticipation. Anticipation, my friend. Anticipation. All right, but first, before we get to the and and look, there are so many more wild questions today, and they're so good. They're they're such great ones. I've been telling people to be more purposeful about where they spend or don't spend their money. People have questions about that. Of course, somebody has a question about stealing things from communists. I'm going to address that. Let's go to Korea first, though. The situation on the ground. Let's talk a little bit about Kim Jong-il. I know all the Kims kind of blend together. You're an American. All you've ever known is there's some psychopath with a bad haircut in charge of North Korea. Kim something nobody really knows. Just know this. I'm not talking today about the dictator they have there now. I'm talking about his father, which you will undoubtedly remember. Kim Jong-il is the current guy's dad. But in order to lay out him, we have to go to his father and Korea itself. I don't know if you've heard, but Japan was kind of hard on its neighbors back in the day. Especially, you, you remember, we've talked about it a thousand times, Japan was this samurai Bushido code run by a shogun, but kind of the emperor society, very harsh, very traditionalist, very insular. No, we don't want outside influences here kind of culture. One day they looked around, saw all these other Asian cultures and smaller cultures getting colonized, and they, to their credit, to their credit, said, that's not going to happen here We're going to set aside some of the traditions in advance. They set aside the traditions. They advance really fast because they're a hardworking, diligent people. They do it really, really well. And soon they look around 
And they're not one of these smaller powers anymore. They're looking around and they're thinking, what's stopping me from taking that or taking that or taking that? And part of the whole taking that thing was Japan took over Korea. It was not a nice occupation, to put it mildly. You know how we talk about colonizers all do it differently? All colonization is not the same. Some are brutally repressive. Some are just kind of nice. And you should, be, you should be happy they're there. They're just helping out. Here's some schools. Here's some roads. How about running water? Sound good? Japan's was not, not nice. It was, well, look, and I say this as a person who acknowledges every single person on the planet holds some prejudice of some kind because of your parents, because of your life experiences, whatever the case may be. And it doesn't have to be skin color. And you know what? You don't necessarily want to advertise it. But you have to understand, too, that's the human condition. Maybe you hate tall people, short people, black people, white people, Jews, Muslims, Christians. Maybe you hate Chinese people, Japanese people, Russian people. Whatever the case may be, you hold some prejudice in your heart. So that, let me be clear about that before I say, man, was Japan racist back in the day. <laughs> may still be. Look, I'm a fan of their culture, but let's be honest. The Japanese... They viewed the Koreans as being subhumanly beneath them, not even worthy uh, to, to shine their shoes. So Japan's occupation of Korea was horrific. Why am I talking about that? Because it'll help you understand why the Koreans were so welcoming of a new regime. Japan's was terrible. They would eliminate the Korean language, eliminate the Korean culture. So much of Korea's historical landmarks, the Japanese just wiped it out. I mean, it, it was awful. It was awful. I should do a whole show on the Japanese occupation of Korea. It was terrible. The way they treated the, uh, the women, you know, I'm just not getting into it. It was really, really bad. Really bad. Along comes World War II. Post-World War II, Japan and Germany and the other countries, while we didn't wipe them out like we did the, quote, bad guys after World War I, you're also going to have to give some things up when you've spent the last several years slaughtering millions of people around the globe. One of the things Japan was going to have to give up was Korea. Which brings us to Kim Il-soon. On my life, that's the only other name I'm going to give you today. There are two Kims. One is Soon, the grandfather of the current guy. The other one is Jong, the father of the current guy. You got it? Soon, old, or Soon, old, Jong, younger. But not as young as the guy we have. Understand? We all good? That's the, I swear to you, no other names, but you got to understand, we're going to the dad of the guy we're supposedly going to talk about today if I can ever actually get to the story. What was his story, Kim Il-soon? Well, first of all, he was a communist. Not obviously my favorite people in the world. However, to their credit, like have to give the communists some credit where credit is due, I know, that hurt. gosh, that hurts me. Remember that Japanese occupation we were just talking about? One of the only groups in the country of Korea that stood up and violently opposed it wherever they could were the communists. 
No, it's not good. Yes, communism's terrible. But to the people in Korea, when you're desperate, when you're under a brutal occupation, remember what's my rule, human nature, they're all the same. You will seek out safety first. You will seek out a protector first. If you're under a brutal Japanese occupation and the only guy out there trying to kill Japanese people and take your culture back is a communist, you might find yourself more accommodating to communism than you probably should be. Perfect world? Absolutely not. Is that the way it goes? That's the way it goes. But obviously the Japanese are not just going to allow him to run wild in there. So he finds himself in the communist Soviet Union in charge of a military unit. Now, it was a Korean military unit, but the Soviets, like all communists, were all about helping out their communist brothers. They stay unified. And a young man is born one day in the Soviet Union. We're going to get to him, his brutal occupation. And my real thoughts on masks. A little different. Hang on. Truth, attitude, Jesse Kelly. Your heart matters. I don't know if you've been told that, but it's actually a fairly important organ. Helps keep you alive. And you only have one. And I've been through this in my own life. In my own personal life, because health problems, well, specifically heart problems, blood pressure problems run in my family, I have to do extra things. Why wouldn't I eat Super Beats heart shoes? I have to eat a little better. I have to work out. These aren't options for me. And Super Beats heart shoes, they increase the benefit of all of that for me. And they taste good. Full disclosure, I don't think I could eat them if they tasted like beets. I eat the pomegranate berry, two of them, every single day. They're fantastic. It's like dessert. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. Buy two bags, get the third for free. Jesse Kelly returns next. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. <sighs> Should you cut off a political commentator? Somebody has a specific question about should you and when you should. And I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that in a few. And that's that's probably going to come off as harsh as well. My mask stuff is going to be controversial. I don't even think, I I think everything, including my dinner preparation, is going to be controversial. It's not what you think. But first, let's get to Kim Jong-il here. I'll try to hurry through this because there are so many good questions today. All right, he's born, and actually, he was born in the Soviet Union. It's pretty funny, later on, when they're trying to make him like this god king, they make up some weird story. They're so weird about how he was born in some sacred mountain in Korea and started walking after three weeks and stuff like that. 
that. They're so dumb. Just a quick side note. Kim Jong-il, the level of propaganda the North Koreans are subjected to. Kim Jong-il, you know what they say about his golf game? He went golfing once. He played 18 holes of golf. He got 11 hole-in-ones, shot 38 under par, and then retired and never golfed again. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with here. And these, I mean, they're so freaking wild. Wait till I finish this today. All right, but let's go back to the dad first. Remember, son. Son's the dad. Jong's the son. Wow, that's going to get confusing. All right, whatever. Son is the dad. Jong is the son. I really didn't think this through, to be frank. I, I need to start preparing more for the show. But the father is the communist rebel. Post-World War II, we do that thing we did. Post-World War II and Korea is split. South Korea is very much American. That's why they're such a close ally to this day. There are American troops there. It is a free place. I've never been, but I'm told South Korea is really cool. Told it's very clean, very cool, good food, good people. I, I, that's what I'm told. I can't testify to that. North Korea, absolute dump. Why? Because post-World War II, we let the Russians and the Chinese have it. Now, here's the problem. When you're North Korea and you're communist, and now the dad is running it, his son is the one running the thing, Kim, Kim Il-sung, he's running it. You take over post-World War II, obviously the uh, Japanese occupation was tough, World War II was tough. You don't have money. So you are forced to accept a lot of outside help and influence from the Soviets, from the Chinese, and they do, when they start really learning how to clinch in this communist power. And the father, Kim Il-sung, is starting to become a dictator in very, very, very short order. And as a dictator, he is <clears throat> enjoying the spoils of being an outs- uh, a dictator. When he's not building a nation, remember, he's building a North Korea from scratch. Now he's building it into a dump, but he's building it from scratch. When he's not doing that, well, he's not being a father to his son. He's out with the lady folk of the country and partying and doing things dictators do. Well, now that creates an interesting situation because you have a young man who apparently is already a very twisted up individual or going down that way. Kim Jong-il, as a young man, born in the Soviet Union, comes to North Korea when I believe he's six years old. His dad is now the all-powerful supreme leader. You, Kim Jong-il, you want for nothing. Absolutely. You live in palaces right off the bat. You get whatever you want. One day, and there are a bunch of rumors surrounding this, Kim Jong-il, as a very, very young boy, I believe he was seven years old, is out swimming with his younger brother. His younger brother didn't make it back home that day. He drowned. The two main rumors surrounding it were Kim Jong-il, who was a nutjob sociopath very early. Either he drowned him himself or he watched and smiled as his brother drowned in front of him. That's the type of person we're dealing with, and that's the type of person who's about to achieve full power in North Korea. Now, I guess credit to Kim Il-sung, the father. He didn't tell his son, 
you're going to be supreme ruler this one day. And he, he frankly wasn't even sure about that. He had remarried. He had now had stepbrothers. He had other options. Remember, this wasn't just a blood thing yet. So Kim Il-sung, he's traveling the country. His younger, his, 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 his psychopathic son is already drinking as a teenager, already taking whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and becomes obsessed with movies. But you didn't know that. Kim Jong-il was obsessed with movies. And when I say obsessed with movies, remember, the North Korea then and now is almost like a gigantic gangster state. Obsessed with movies for him meant, I'm going to have my ambassadors in every country go grab the biggest films in every country, bootleg a copy of it for me because I don't want to pay for it, and send them to me. He supposedly had a library of 20,000 movies. They say it might be the biggest movie library in the history of mankind. Kind of cool, right, Chris? (laughs) Quit. Quit admiring the guy. And he lives on villas. He lives on, on seaside villas. He lives a complete life of luxury because of his father, obsessed with gaining power and obsessed with movies, and obsessed with himself. Of course, he gets sent off to college where they say he was a bit of a party animal and yet achieved perfect grades. It's weird how that happened, and now we know from testimony afterwards his own professors would do his assignments for him because it's North Korea, and everybody knows who this guy is, and they know who his dad is, and... I don't feel like having my fingernails pulled out, so I'm going to go ahead and give this guy an A again today. Good job, son. Knew you could do it. But Kim Jong-il graduates college, and he's at the point now he wants to impress his father big time. He's still at the point he has to impress his father if he wants to take the reins one day. Now let's go to communism for a second. As you know, then and now, propaganda's everything. You have to constantly be indoctrinating the people around you. You not only have to indoctrinate the people around you, you have to make dang sure if you're going to sell communism that they can't hear any other options. Because if you're given any other options, you're not choosing communism. Well, what does, how does that turn out? How it turns out in a place like North Korea, you're taking films and you're trying to make them to promote communism. Only your films aren't really that good. Why aren't they that good? Well, you keep killing or imprisoning anybody who has real artistic talent. You see, they're trying to compete with South Korea at this point. They're always competing with South Korea. And South Korea, they're killing it. They're winning all these international movie awards. South Korea is killing it. And that's only making North Korea more angry. And and, and speaking of South Korea and North Korea, this relationship, I'm not doing the show on it today, but realize... Kim Il-sung, the father, he invaded South Korea out of nowhere to unify all of Korea under one flag. And he almost won. He pushes them clear back down. The Americans then step in and push him clear back into the north. Then the Chinese step in and push us back down to the south. And now the country is forever split. And remember, there was never a treaty signed. Technically, they're still at war. There was a little like ceasefire. And that's all it is. That's why you have this situation today. So there's this rivalry, this intense rivalry with North Korea and South Korea. It's not passive at all. It's aggressive, as you're going to find out here in just a few minutes. It's very, very aggressive. So 
As the North Korean, you want the best propaganda. You want to start winning films. And there's something else that happens in communist regimes. Something really, really ugly. Something you need to pay attention to. Might sound a little bit familiar after all. All right, I'm going to try to finish this story so I can get to all these questions. Hang on. Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Should we be stealing communist stuff? Quit nodding your head, Chris. I'm going to get to that answer in just a minute. You can get it on social media. You can get me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. That's the one I can't get kicked off of. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Kim Jong Il. Rising up through the ranks because his dad wanted better films. And there was another problem with North Korean films. You see, you know how the commies always eat each other? Once they take total power, they eat each other. There's always a purge of some kind going on. And you're starting to just glimpse this because you and I can't understand fully what this feels like yet, but you're starting to get, to get glimpses of it in America. Fear seems to rule everybody. Fear of getting in trouble. Fear of saying the wrong thing. Fear of doing this wrong. Fear of doing that wrong. People are getting more and more skittish and with good reason. You know who was afraid in countries like North Korea then and now? You know who's afraid? Everyone. The supreme dictator in charge of everything lives in constant fear of being overthrown. Other people, the elites, the one who have a good life, the the elite members of the communist society. And these are the guys who were spoiled. You know, everyone else is starving to death. These are the guys with steak dinner and fancy cars and fancy houses and pretty girls. They live in fear every single day in places like that. Not just in fear of maybe I'm going to do something wrong. In fear of my best friend does something wrong. 
Because in North Korea, then and now, you go down too. North Korea has a strict family criminal policy. Dad screws up, mom screws up, son screws up. All of you, get in the truck. It's off to the gulags. We may murder you. We may starve you to death. And you know, you know how evil this is? They blame the kids who aren't born yet. Kids who are born in the labor camps, born in the gulags, they'll leave those kids in there their entire lives. That's right, Chris, three generations. They'll leave them. Imagine, imagine the existence you have. You think you've had a rough day? And I've had that too. You know, you're feeling sorry for yourself. Oh, my truck won't start. Oh, I stubbed my toe. Oh, I'm sick. I got the flu. I got whatever the case may be. You think you're having a rough day? There are people alive in this world today who are born in a North Korean gulag and will never see the outside of those walls until the day they die. Wrap your mind around that. But what fear does that create? You can be the biggest of big shot in the elite communist party. And maybe your son who you sent off to college, maybe he goes to Europe. Wants to go to college in Europe, which they're allowed to do once you get to the... Sure, son, go experience experience Paris. Enjoy the women. Make sure she has her armpits shaved or whatever the case may be. Maybe your son decides he's going to start dabbling in some uh, leftist politics up there. Kind of fascinated by it. You know who has spies everywhere, including on their own people? North Korea. One of those spies comes back home... Excuse me, Supreme Leader, did you know that this head general, that his son is going to, all of a sudden that general has a car pull up in the middle of the night in front of his house and he's in handcuffs, his wife's in handcuffs, their whole family's gone, their mansion's given to somebody else. That's the culture of fear. And that's not even the peasants. You're just trying to survive from day to day, a culture of fear. Well, the same thing happened with the propaganda, with the movie propaganda in North Korea under Kim Il-sung. He found out a bunch of the people in the film industry were friends with some guy who was going to try to take over. Boop, gone. You're all dead or in prison. You need completely new management in the film industry. He looks for volunteers within the Communist Party and who sticks their hand up but his wayward son, Kim Jong-il? Hey, Dad, who's the movie expert around here? Trust me, I got it. I got it. He takes over, and he's really, really, really good at it. Really good at it. He's just an artist by nature. Now, he's he can only be so good because you can only get so much talent. And he's getting frustrated, right? Because he wants to be the best. And this is a guy who watches CNN who's seen every big American movie and every other foreign film. This is the guy who knows what good is and what isn't good. So what do you do if you're North Korea and you'd like to improve the talent level of your films, and yet it's very hard to find that stuff homegrown because you're a bunch of brutally oppressive commies? You know, there's a reason. It's not in your imagination. There's a reason entertainment in America has gone so far downhill today. It's because the commies are taking over. They ruin comedy. They ruin film. They ruin everything. Well, you figure out a way to import some talent. There was an actress in South Korea who Kim Jong-il thought was extremely talented. Well, remember when I said there were spies everywhere? 
assassins, operatives, terrorists everywhere. They decided they wanted this South Korean actress to come be part of North Korea. She gets invited to come meet with a producer in Hong Kong. Spends a couple days, wined and dined. Finally, she's invited out to this special seaside villa. She arrives out there by taxi. Doesn't really see anything. She's on the beach. And then she hears a couple boats pulling up. And then she loses consciousness. And then she wakes up and she's on a North Korean boat on the way to North Korea, finds her boat pulling in the dock of Kim Jong-il, who's standing there to greet her, where she there has to live and be his companion for eight years before she's able to escape helping him make films. Oh, it gets worse, Chris. It gets worse. The, the, the stories of these people are absolutely insane. Insane. They create, this is as Kim Jong-il is coming up and he's rising through the party. They create something, hardly anybody knows about it, called Room 35. Room 35. This is the spy assassin terrorist network. And let me tell you, then and now, North Korea is obsessed with assassination, with spies, with terrorists, with spy recruitment. How obsessed are they with spy recruitment? Well, I'll put it to you this way. They came very, very close to striking a deal with Japan at one point to do trade. A lot of historical tension there. Well, Kim Jong-il, out of the blue, chooses to use this event as an opportunity to, quote, confess some of the things they've done to Japanese citizens. You see, a lot of Japanese citizens seem to be disappearing. One of them was even a 13-year-old girl. Why were they disappearing? Because the North Koreans would send spy kidnappers over to Japan because they wanted spies in Japan. Why not kidnap some Japanese children, put them through your commie brainwashing, and then send them back to Japan to spy for your nation? They look Japanese. They don't look Korean. One of the big international incidents, you can look it up now, they admitted this 13-year-old girl, Japanese, they lured her away after school one day, kidnapped her, drove her to North Korea, got her completely indoctrinated in their communist spy network, but about 10 years later, she couldn't take it anymore and killed herself. And there's a laundry list of Japanese citizens who've gone missing, and they don't only do it in Japan. Yeah, Chris is looking it up now. Oh, yeah. It's a long, long list. You don't realize how bad these people are. How much they want to kill people. Did I mention assassination? Oh, we're about to talk about assassination. And then I'm going to wrap this up because I have a lot of Ask Dr. Jesse questions. My meal prep for a big meal. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, 
your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I'm going to get there in just a couple minutes. I'm wrapping this up. There are too many good questions. But Kim Jong-il, as he's coming up, remember, he's not supreme ruler yet. His dad still is. He realizes he needs some muscle around him. He needs some help around him. On top of this spy assassination terrorist network, He creates this bodyguard force around him. And there are videos now out of this bodyguard force, videos that have been released. He is obsessed that these are pretty much the baddest dudes on the planet. The training to get in and the training once you're in is so comically over the top, but I guess effective. And what I, oh, you you want to know what I mean by comically over the top, Chris? Well, here's one for you. There's a video of a guy headbutting a nail into a board. I'm not making that up. On my life. On my life. On my life. They're throwing axes and knives at them, real ones, and having them dodge it. They're standing there shirtless, you know, with their arms up, flexing like you'd show your woman your biceps to, you know, get her going, whatever. And they, they're breaking sticks on their arms and ribs. They're headbutting and karate chopping bricks and boards. Their weapons training is supposedly extensive. And to his credit, Kim Jong-il himself was all about that weapons training life. Hours and hours and hours on the range. He puts this squad of absolute assassins around him. And you're not allowed to come close to him. He's at one of his villas one time. All his bodyguards are around him. A couple fishermen accidentally drift too close, and the bodyguards just kill him. Just mow him down. And then, of course, tell the family, oh, they drowned at sea. That's what it's like. And remember that whole South Korea, there's never been a peace deal thing? Yeah, they still want the South Koreans dead. Seven South Korean diplomats go to Rangoon for some ceremony. It doesn't matter. Boom, bomb goes off. Four of them die. Who do they bust at the scene? A North Korean agent. Another international incident. They gather this group of assassins, North Korean commandos. They sneak across the border at night, heading down to kill the president of South Korea. They would have gotten him too, except they were in the mountain. Well, they think they would have gotten him. The guys were there sleeping in the mountains because they had to walk so far. 
a couple farm boys, I think it was four of them, happened to come across them. The North Korean commandos capture them, but choose instead of killing them to tell them about the greatness of communism and make them swear allegiance to it. The boys do, crafty devils. They let them go. The boys promptly run to the police. So they elevate. I'm not making this up. They elevate the level of security all around the Capitol. The commandos try to get into the Capitol. And by the grace of God, they are stopped. But 92 South Koreans die in the shootout as they try to get in. They were within 100 meters of the president's mansion. The communists finally, the, the commie commandos finally retreat to the mountains, but the South Korean army tracks them down and they end up killing every single one of them. But I want you to understand this as we wrap this up. Kim Jong-il took over 1994. They were developing uh, nuclear power because they'd been given a nuclear plant by the Soviets for, for energy. And, of course, the North Koreans look around and think, well, might as well see if we can't do a little more with this. It's a big deal. It's an international incident. A lot of people will remember it. Jimmy Carter, actually, to his credit, goes over, arranges to give some aid, some economic aid to North Korea if you would just back off the nuclear program. Oh, they agree to do that. But instead, Kim Jong-il builds a massive nuclear facility, a secret one in the mountains. And now North Korea is a power to this day, a nuclear power to this day. My point in all this was this. Yeah, he's a psychopath. Yeah, it's terrible. But I want you to remember this. I want you to remember because there's so much bad news. Everything's bad, right? We just bombed Syria. 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 We bombed Syria last night. I mean, everything's, everything's going to crap right off the bat. It could be so much worse. It could be so much worse. For better or worse, you're awake right now. You're alive right now. You're living probably in the air conditioning or the heat, whatever you need. Almost undoubtedly, you have a belly full of food or will shortly, depending on what weirdo diet you're on. I understand this seems like I'm just trying to look at everything through rose-colored glasses, but you and I have got to take time to stop and remember it could be so much worse. And how's, how's this for wild? You didn't do anything special to be here. You just happened to win history's lottery and were born in America. Every now and then, we have to stop our blessings. Stop our, we have to count our blessings. Every now and then, stop, smell the roses, look around, realize, okay, I realize this is not ideal, but it could be so much worse. And now, it is time for Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. How do I prepare for a huge meal like Thanksgiving? I'll tell you. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. 
I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com, that's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE, get you 10% off. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacarum, here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect. Which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 